Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com and there you will find all the best parts available for your car or truck. And when you are done, write locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. Everybody, welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Thursday, March 11th, 2021. Thank you very much for tuning in today. A few programming notes here. I'm trying to get some more guests on. And the reason for that, I've loved the crossover episodes we've done so far. I really like Nash Walker a lot. He's one of my favorite guys to talk to on this network. A guy's wise beyond his years, seasoned pro. Really fun dude to talk to. Uh, I think that guy's a star. So if, you, if you're if you interested in the Twins at all, go listen to Locked on Twins. He does a great job. It was fun talking to him yesterday. But you know, I, I pride myself on my honesty. I'm trying to be an honest man when it comes to how I talk about the Tigers, but also how I talk about myself and how I talk about my content. And I'll, I'll be real. The last couple weeks of this podcast, I don't think the product has been bad because for the most part, I wouldn't upload something if I felt like the product was bad necessarily. But I would say stale. And personally, I have not gotten much satisfaction out of what I've done on here recently. Everything feels like a, 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 re- a repeated version of the show that came before it. And sometimes, you know, I take pride in that. I take pride in being able to stretch and, and talk about things for an extended period of time. You know, I made that little joke a couple days ago that last week I talked about uh, for seven minutes the fact that Riley Green drew a walk. I mean, there is some fun to that, but overall, I, I, I feel like we aren't there yet, but we could be getting to a point where the product itself feels a little bit dull, and I want to change that. So I'm working on trying to get a few more guests. Uh, the first one will probably be my friend Scott Bentley, who I believe is currently the co-host of Lockdown Red Wings and host of his own podcast, The Bentley Hour. One of my, a good friend of mine, one of my favorite people to talk to, great guy here on the network. I'm really happy that he's a part of the Locked On Podcasting Network as well. Been trying to get him for the last couple days, but uh, he's a busy guy. But hopefully, if not tomorrow, early next week, we'll get him on the pod and we'll be able to talk to him. Um, We've talked before on the Tigers group Discord that we have. And me and him have have good chemistry together. You know, we, we bounce back and forth off each other. I think he's a really funny guy. I like the dude a lot. So hopefully we'll be able to get him on the podcast going forward, as well as several other guests. I really want to kind of broaden my horizons here. With the with the shows being longer, I feel like it's kind of my duty to make the product better. You know, if, if it's going to be a longer podcast, I need to make sure that people are going to listen to all 25 minutes, not just 15 to 20. I think that's my job. So doing the best I can to bring you the best product I can. I appreciate all of you being patient and sticking with me. We have two Detroit Tigers spring training games to talk about that went down on Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively. The Tigers won on Tuesday 6-5 against the New York Yankees. A nice little three-run rally in the bottom of the eighth 
coming back to win that ball game. You look at the box score, Jamer Candelario stayed hot. He's now batting 357 in spring training as of the time of this recording. Really, what you pay attention to, because hitters, hitters are hitters. I mean, there's certain guys like Akil Badu or like Willie Castro, who I'm going to talk about in a second, who are really setting the world on fire. But I pay more attention to pitchers in spring training. I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a pitching guy, but Spencer Turnbull pitched three innings, one hit, two Runs, one walk, two strikeouts, did give up a home run. Watching the post-game Zoom conference that he did, that was posted onto YouTube, it seemed like that was a change-up to Jay Bruce that was a wind-aided and carried to the opposite field. General belief was that his stuff was really good. You know, I looked at the box score because, unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of footage in terms of what Spencer Turnbull was able to do on that day. But I looked at the box score, looked at the selection of pitches, Saw nothing wrong. You know, I know there's a lot of people who are really high on Spencer Turnbull. I am I am high on Spencer Turnbull. I'm not as high on him as some other people are. But, I, you know, at the same time, it would almost be hypocritical of me to act like I don't think that he has a tremendous out, amount of upside. Because what have I said for since the beginning of, of this podcast? I've said command is correctable, stuff isn't. He is a remarkably frustrating pitcher to watch at points because you'll see him have an outing or two. The last year was a prime example. I believe his first three outings, he was freaking fantastic because the guy was throwing strikes. I mean, he was firing darts. There's no doubt that this guy has the ability to strike out, you know, 9, 10 batters per nine at the major league level. I think he has 200 strikeout potential if he pitches enough innings, but that leads into his biggest problem, which is the fact that he has a lot of trouble locating sometimes. He's great stuff, live arm. You guys know the drill. I've talked about him ad nauseum. You know, 7-2 ERA so far in spring training. Small sample size. By all accounts, the stuff has looked good. We know what he needs to work on, and spring training is a perfect time for him to do it. Did only walk one in three innings on Tuesday, which is a, a good sign. I mean, if, if he can be a guy who's only walking two, three batters to start, we'll take it because I think one of these issues is that he's had these three, four walk outings and, you know, five innings and it's really put him behind the eight ball and it's really elevated his pitch count. If he wants to be the guy that he thinks he can be, which is a guy who's going six, seven innings a start, he's going to have to keep the pitch count down. That means, of course, throwing more strikes and he has absolutely the stuff to be able to get a lot of swings and misses. He just needs to locate better. You know, one guy I haven't talked about because he's I mean, to say he's dead to me is, is remarkably hyperbolic. I'm not going to go that far. But Joe Jimenez, an, a scoreless outing on Tuesday. He has not given up a run yet in spring training. Stuff appears to be relatively the same. But stuff has never really been the issue with him by any means. I do think that his stuff was, gr- the, the explosiveness of his stuff when it was in the minor leagues was grossly exaggerated. I mean, people were acting like this guy was throwing 102 down in the minors. That was, I don't know, and maybe the gun ran hot, and maybe that's the the data that was given to them. But you've seen him. He's, he's got a, an above-average fastball, you know, solid arm, good enough to be able to get guys out. But I think there were a lot of people, myself included, that believed that he had a remarkable trajectory, that it seemed like he was trending upward in terms of his fastball velocity, and that never really got there. But with that said, even if the fastball was great, he can't locate his other pitches, and God, the guy just gives up so much hard contact. He gives up so many home runs. He has over the last several years, and really, I'm not completely giving up on him, I guess. I mean, you know, he'll fight to make the team, and if he doesn't, then yeah, we're looking at probably the end of that era. I know he made an all-star team in 2018, and, you know, I I guess you could say he deserved it. He was probably deserved to be the representative, at least for the Tigers. His numbers weren't that great, but somebody has to make it for every team. But outside of a good two, three months there in 2018, which is three years ago now, 
we've seen a lot more bad Joe Jimenez than we've seen good Joe Jimenez. So this is kind of his final stand at this point, really. Willie Castro homered again on Tuesday. And yeah, I mean, this is becoming a, a, a bigger and bigger story. He's absolutely crushing the ball right now, and he's playing with a ton of confidence, and, you know, defense be damned. We could throw that stuff out the window for now. This team needs hitters. This team needs guys who are going to have high OPSs and high on-base percentage, percentages, and guys who can get on base, and, and this guy so far against solid major league talent is tearing the cover off the ball. You know, small sample size, sure, but we're coming up on like a week or so, like 10 days worth of games, and he's stayed hot. Still got a ways to go in spring training, but in my opinion, we're, we're looking at the guy who should be the starting short stop for this baseball team. Willie Castro has been a phenomenal surprise so far in spring training. That'll do it for segment number one. When I come back, I'm going to talk about Wednesday's game, which was against the Philadelphia Phillies, featuring a pretty solid performance by Matt Manning. We'll discuss that when we return. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Back, everybody, for segment number two. Tigers played again yesterday against the Philadelphia Phillies in spring training. They lost the game 6-4, to four, but there were some positive developments, especially by the youngsters. Isaac Paredes with a two-run home run. I believe that was in the first inning. Like He's got a great swing, and he's so far in spring training. He's looked pretty darn good. Again, I'm not as insanely high on him as some other people are. I I think that I have serious doubts about his defensive capabilities. I think the team does too. I think that's why A.J. Hinch, and I haven't really discussed this a ton, A.J. Hinch has talked about the idea of moving him to second base. And I know I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I said last segment about Willie Castro that this team needs hitters. And that's true if you're like a 900 OPS guy, that's not going to matter. But I'm not seeing that yet. Out of, out of Isaac Paredes, he's still very young, and again, I'll repeat myself, I have no problem with the decision they made last year to call him up when they did, I don't think the taxi squad was going to do him any favors, but he got put through the ringer a little bit, had a few moments, hit a grand slam for his first major league home run, I believe that was off of Adam Plutko in progressive field, but 
he, he did struggle a fair amount. I mean, he had like an 0 for 20-something streak at one point that I think he snapped out of with a, a seeing a single to right field at one point, but he struggled. At the same time, I do think, unlike previous years, not with all these guys, but with some of them, there's much more of an open competition. Like, what made the last two years of spring training both interesting but also frustrating was the fact that you knew Mize and Manning and Scooball and Paredes or Green, none of these guys had any chance to make the team out of spring training. It was just a teaser trailer for a movie that we were probably going to see two, three years down the road. Isaac Paredes is fighting for a a roster spot right now, and and I think it would be a wonderful sign if he did make the team out of spring training. Now, I, I don't think it would be in a starting position necessarily, though I guess there's the possibility that he starts the year at third base, Jamer goes to first, and then you have Miggy exclusively DHing, but he's going to have to beat out some guys. I, I, I do believe that A.J. Hinch is going to do everything in his power to make sure that the best nine hitters start opening day, and defense will try to sort itself out at some point. It's not to say that there's awful defenders on this team. Nico Goodrum graded out to be a positive defender. Jamer's gotten a lot better. Jonathan Scope's a pretty good defender. But as bad as this team has been, they're, well, I mean, they've had a lot of Achilles heels, but the biggest issue with this baseball team over the last several years has been their offense. I mean, even last year, they were slightly improved. It was still a bottom-tier offense in all of baseball. They don't get on base a ton. They don't hit for a ton of power. I would be willing to watch a team that is committing more errors than any team in baseball if it means that we're seeing a team that's in the at least league average in terms of run production, home runs, and OPS. A, a guy like Isaac Paredes or, or somebody like Willie Castro, I feel like heightens the possibility of that being a legitimate thing. Matt Boyd also pitched yesterday, and look, he looked good. Three innings. These This game was televised. I was able to watch this one. Three innings, three hits, one run, one walk, three strikeouts. Now, look, Matt Boyd's not incapable of pitching a bad baseball. What What is frustrating about Matt Boyd is the consistency. Matt Boyd went a solid stretch in the early part of 2019 where you said, man, this guy, this guy's looking like an all-star pitcher. I mean, we're talking six, seven innings every single start. The stuff is good. The slider has really come along. He's striking out a ton of guys with it. He looks legitimately great. And then he went about four months where he pooped his pants. And then all of last season, he was one of the worst every fifth day starters in all of baseball. And yesterday you saw kind of that, that early 2019 Matt Boyd come out again. Slider was a lot sharper. He was going back to his breaking ball more and more, but again, and I, I like Matt Boyd as a guy, I do, but this is what, the third or fourth consecutive spring training in which, ooh, Matt Boyd's really working on the breaking ball, he's really working on the off-speed stuff. I mean, it's become a tale as old as Miguel Cabrera's in the best shape of his career, those articles that we read at the early part of every single spring training. I, I hope the best for the guy, I root for the guy. It would be a massive advantage to this baseball team, if he returned to form and if he returned to what we saw in the second half of 2018, early part of 2019, but I'm going to I'm gonna continue to have my doubts because he's another guy similar to Joe Jimenez who we've seen more bad of than we've seen good. Buck Farmer got rocked again yesterday, two-thirds of an inning, three hits, four runs, one walk, and one strikeout. Look, Buck Farmer is one of the more seasoned guys on this baseball team. I believe Buck Farmer will make the team. I would say Buck Farmer should make the team out of spring training, but This is multiple outings now in which he's been pretty darn pitiful. Now, in fairness to him, I know that he has made a serious attempt to work on the slider, and if that's the case, you know, 
He needs to work on it a little bit more because it's getting crushed. He said that he felt like he was being a little bit predictable with the fastball change-up combo. I, I think he's reached a point in his career now, though. If there's one guy on this team, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I think I might have already said it at some point, that I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to. It is Buck Farmer at this point. I mean, he's he's a veteran. And, and he's, is he great? No, he's not Mariano Rivera, but serviceable mid-reliever guy and I think he's he's trying to develop that third pitch again out of the pen and I can't blame him for that but it is a little bit startling watching a guy who's been you know pre pretty consistent for this team over the last several years get rocked the way he has early in spring training. Franklin Perez pitched yesterday, pitched one inning, did not get injured, one walk, no strikeouts, no runs, no hits. I haven't talked about him much, so I guess I'll refresh for people who don't know. Franklin Perez was considered to be the key piece of the Justin Verlander deal back in, uh, what was it, September of 2017. He's pitched like, I don't know, 20-something innings in the Tigers organization. Guy's been made of glass. You obviously want him to be healthy. I, I, did, I do remember thinking last year when I watched him pitch in summer camp, I remember being, thinking, okay, this guy's stuff is... It's so, so, it's good. It's good. He's got major league stuff, but there's a reason why he's dropped so far down in terms of prospect rankings because I think the injuries have caught up to him a, a little bit. I don't think the stuff is as sharp as it was when the Tigers acquired him. I, I, at this point, personally, I would view Franklin Perez even pitching a game at Comerica Park to be kind of a win for him at this point. Not a win for the Tigers. That trade is uh, an all-time disaster at this point. Jake Rogers, by the way, has just been absolutely terrible so far in spring training. I mean, the guy's been a strikeout machine. I believe he's got one hit. He's currently rocking a 310 OPS, 0 for 2 with a strikeout yesterday, and Eric Haas went 2 for 2 with an RBI. He's now got a 500 average in spring training. I'll get back to Franklin Perez in a second, but you know what? We've been waiting for several years for Jake Rogers to, to be the guy here, to be serviceable, and our expectations have gotten lower and lower, and I know it's early in spring training, but if there's one guy, Kristen Stewart being another, if there's one guy who needed to show us something in spring training, even this early in the game, it would be Jake Rogers, and Eric Haas has, a, his ceiling is so low that you have to, that you have to duck when you enter the guy's house, but you know what, if the guy earns a spot, he earns a spot, and Jake Rogers up to this point, no disrespect to the guy, right? I, I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he succeeds. But Jake Rogers, to this point, has done nothing to to earn that backup catcher spot. We know Wilson Ramos is going to be the starter. Grayson Griner took a 94-mile-per-hour fastball to the face right now. And as critical as I've been of him, I don't think he's a very good Major League player. He has done more up to this point to earn that backup catcher spot than Jake Rogers has. I truly hope he gets hot or shows us something here in spring training or else that's his whole era here, his whole ranking as this potential catcher of the future will have been a complete bust. Sorry to, to digress there. Back to Franklin Perez. Stuff isn't as great as it was, I think, when he was acquired. I think if he pitches in Comerica, I'll view it as a success. The guy's not getting any younger. I mean, he's still young. He was young when the Tigers acquired him, but I don't know. At this point, the, the step one is get a good full season in the minor leagues out of Franklin Perez where he doesn't get injured. If that happens, okay, Let's see if we can work with something. Until then, I, I'm just I'm just going to be holding my breath every time he takes the mound. I mean, it is startling how injury-prone the guy has been. Lastly, and I did save this for last intentionally, I'm sure there might be some people listening to this going, talk about Matt Manning, talk about Matt Manning. I will. Matt Manning pitched yesterday, two innings, three hits, one run, zero walks, and two strikeouts had an absolutely dominant first inning. Uh, faced Gene Segura, who battled as Gene Segura always does. It was a 12-pitch at-bat, struck him out looking with a nasty 12-6 
curveball, struck out Bryce Harper on three straight fastballs, then got the next batter to, I believe it was pop out as well for a 1-2-3 inning. Next inning struggled a little bit. It, it was kind of a microcosm of the Matt Manning I've seen pitch against Major League Talent over the last several seasons. Now, one thing that does bother me, and I, and I, I got talked off of the ledge by some people in one of the Tigers group chats that I'm in. I'm very frustrated by the fact that we haven't seen him throw his third pitch, that third pitch being that changeup, more to major league hitters during spring training. Now, I get his reasoning behind not doing it because I'm sure that's something he's still working on, and he's fighting to make the team. Like I said, what makes the spring training a little bit more interesting has been the fact that it is an open competition. It, it would surprise me, but it wouldn't shock me if Matt Manning made the team out of spring training, and I think right now he's hell-bent on showing his best stuff, and his best stuff is his fastball-curveball combination. I have no qualms about that, but you saw, even in two innings of work yesterday, what happens when a pitcher gets a little bit predictable. Now, with that said, I do need to say there was a lot of bad luck involved with the runs and the hits that he gave up yesterday. I mean, it was a ground ball to short. He gave up one hard-hit line drive to Matt Joyce, Roman Quinn singled on a bunt, you know, Rojas stole second base, and I think it was, I think Miller scored on a throwing error by Eric Haas, so a, a lot of it was kind of bad luck. The stuff looked excellent, but I just, I, I, I watch Mize pitch, and I watch Scooball pitch, and I'm seeing guys with pretty refined repertoires, and I understand Matt Manning was a project from the beginning, and I think Matt Manning has still probably the highest ceiling of anybody in this organization, not including maybe Riley Green. The stuff is excellent. That first inning that he pitched yesterday was as good as we've seen out of him. And so far in spring training, he's been the best I've seen him so far. Honestly, I think he's the mechanics are much better. Repeating his delivery, the stuff is explosive. I have no qualms about any of, of that. But it's, I don't know, because I get ripped for saying this stuff. So I'll probably get ripped for it again. And people are going to want me dead because I have an opinion they disagree with. But Matt Manning in June, will have been with the Tigers organization for five calendar years. And and it still feels like there's that other level, there's that other gear to him that they haven't found yet. I know it's in there, and when he finds it, I think he's going to be a really, really special pitcher here, and I can't wait to watch him. But we just haven't quite seen it yet. Uh, that'll do it for segment number two. When I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this Akil Badu situation. Uh, I might talk about this with Scott as well if I have him on the pod on Friday, but I'm becoming more and more interested in this. So we'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the next best tasting protein bar. 
And we're back, everybody, for the final segment. This will be a short segment here, but I did want to talk about this because I've, I've gone back and forth with the Akil Badu versus Jacoby Jones debate. I was in one of my Tigers group chats talking about this, and I'm not, I'm not going to drop any names here. That's, that stuff is confidential. But somebody brought up that the Akil Badu sweepstakes, the Akil Badu situation, is very much a but-it-could-be-a-boat situation, which I found very funny. I... I, I I don't know if this came from from what I'm about to bring up. I don't know if it came from this, but there is an episode of Family Guy where Peter gets offered. He can either have a boat or he can open this mystery box. And he goes, Lois, you know, this mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. That's a terrible impression. I'm sorry. I'm not Frank Caliendo with the impressions. I apologize. And it turns out to be like two tickets to a comedy club or something like that. I feel like that's kind of what we have right now where Jacoby Jones is like a solid car. It's a nice car runs well. Some days it runs better than others. Every so often you have to take it in for a fair amount of repairs. It might only make it through half a year before you have to end up getting a repair for it. But Akil Badu, he could be a boat. Now, it's a small chance, right? He's only had, what, 15 at-bats in spring training? But the more, like, the more I think about this, I, it, I, I don't care, first of all. I, I would not knock the Tigers for either decision. If they decide to go with Badu over Jacoby Jones, I understand it. I think it would frustrate and anger a lot of fans because I think Jacoby Jones is a fan favorite. But Jacoby Jones is a fan favorite by virtue of the fact, by the same way that, like, Bobby Higginson was a fan favorite, where it's like he's been here for a while, came up through the organization. They didn't draft him. He was acquired in the Joaquin Soria deal. But, like, Jacoby Jones on any other team would be a fan's, like, ninth or 10th favorite player, let's be real, and I like the guy, I do, I think he's good, and I was arguing that I think Jacoby Jones' ceiling is like a three-war kind of player, and somebody said to me that they think that that's unfair because last season he was having an excellent year and had, I think, a 1.2 war or something through only 30 games that he played and was on pace for for a career-best season and potentially, you know, a five-war year. I'd push back against that because he's been known to be really streaky. He only played 30 games of a 60-game season. And, yeah, you know what? If Jacoby Jones played his best offense and his best defense in a 162-game season and stayed durable for 140 games, yeah, you know what? Sure, maybe he is a guy who's going to put up a 5-war. But the guy never stays healthy. And I like him. He's a good player. But then you have this Badoo kid, and maybe this is so unlike me because I'm kind of buying into the hype a little bit. Not that he's going to be good this year, but I, I don't know. There's something about this that uh, it's a very interesting, maybe monkey's paw isn't the right word, but it's a very, yeah, I guess it kind of is. It's a be careful what you wish for type of thing. Do you want to bring in the guy on a minuscule chance that he turns out to be a rock solid major league player? Or do you want to bring back the guy who's been you know fairly solid for you over the last several seasons? Now, there was one thing I forgot to bring up when I talked about this uh, on the podcast a couple days ago, and that's that when Victor Reyes made the team out of spring training in 2018, I said that that outfield was a bit thin, and because of that, he didn't really knock somebody off of a roster spot. I was wrong, and I completely forgot about this. Maybe I I just uh, blocked out of my memory, but remember Mikey Matuk in 2017? He had a pretty, he had an all right little season for the Tigers, and we were saying, okay, you know, maybe maybe best case scenario, this guy be, becomes trade bait for a team that is currently in the midst of a rebuild, but this guy's a solid player. This, this guy's all right. Let's see what happens with this Mikey Matuk. And then Victor Reyes took his spot out of spring training, and Matuk played like 70-something games for the Tigers that year. Came out in the early stages of 2019, played really, really awful, has not seen the major leagues since then, and you know what? Say what you will about Avila and the and the scouting and the coaches in this organization, but they were right to do that. 
Victor Reyes has turned out to be a better major league player than Mikey Matuk was. You could argue upside all you want, but, you know, upside can't play. Upside is just, it's fairy dust sometimes, and Victor Reyes has been a, you know, he's a fourth outfielder, but he's proven to be so-so, whereas Matuk kind of collapsed and fell apart. I wonder if we have that again, and that has been in the back of my head over the last couple days. This is going to be something, or truly, and I know I've been hammering it home a lot over the last couple days, but this is going to be something that I think is going to really divide a lot of fans because they like Jacoby Jones, and if it comes down to these two, because I don't think they're going to cut Reyes, a battle lines will be drawn, and I uh, I welcome the drama in this particular instance because I think it's fun. All right, that will do it for today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014 while you're at it. You can follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown Tigers. Go ahead, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I'll be right back here tomorrow, maybe with a guest, maybe not. We'll see where it goes. But I appreciate all of you sticking in there with me. Be right back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.